What's up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to The Five Seat, episode number four. Enjoy. Like mentioned, this is Michael Bumpus in The Five Seat, but I got some company today. Scott Darrell, my O-line coach at Monroe High, is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Patriots and Jags game. We're going to talk about Brady's legacy and the Patriots' relationship with the NFL. Also, we're going to touch on Nick Foles. Is he for real? Do we believe him? Then we're going to get to the Pats and Eagles preview game. We might even touch a little hockey. This is Michael Bumpers in the five seat. What's up, folks? Thanks for joining us tonight. I got my boy Scott Darrell with me. What's going on? Our first topic, we're going to touch on the Jags and the New England Patriots game. To me, that was the most intriguing game of the weekend. We'll touch on the Vikings and the Eagles, but I think this was the game everybody was talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this was the game that was competitive, obviously, and we had a classic New England comeback in the last little bit of the game, which for, uh, I think, all red-blooded Americans, all football fans, was somewhat obnoxious unless you live Very in the much. New England area. Uh, but hats off to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Those guys are obviously the cream of the league. Yeah, you got to tip your hat off to these guys. I'm just going to go down some stats for you. Um, it was a close game. You know, there was a time in this game where I thought the Jacks had it. It was put away. I believe it was uh, the Pages were down by 10 points. There was a big third down that I feel like contributed to the demise of these Jacksonville Jaguars. But let's just talk stats real quick. First downs. All right, evenly matched. 22 first downs for the Jags, 22 for the Patriots. Um, let's talk about total plays. 71 plays for the Jags, 61 for the Patriots. Another big one, rushing yards. 101 rushing yards for the Jags, 46 for the Patriots. Um, kind of what we expected when it comes to the Patriots and Jags setup. Yeah, obviously the Jaguars' game plan was to run the ball. That's what they do. Uh, they lead the league in rushing. Uh, and as a Seahawks fan, obviously, as you as you watch Fournette run the ball, my my thought during the game was, man, I want one of those. Uh, it's shades of Marshawn Lynch. He runs the ball hard. You gotta like how uh, how he plays. Obviously, the Patriots knew knew that they knew the the game plan for the Jags was to run the ball. They crowded the box. Uh, Blake Bortles did a fantastic job with play action. Uh, they they ran some run pass option concepts that I thought were really impressive. Uh, they basically, I thought game plan wise, did a fantastic job against New England. Uh, New England, had they had they not been New England, uh, may have taken the the loss in this one. But boy, it was impressive uh, the game plan for the Jaguars. Yeah, Blake Bortles. I mean, going into this game, what's everyone saying? He's a game manager. He can't get it done. He's this. He's that. He ran for more than he threw, and and all these stats they're throwing up. But when it comes down to it, here's Blake Bortles' stats. 23 for 36, 293 yards, one touchdown. Now, if you have a running game, one TD, no turnovers, it's good enough to win the game. You got a QB rating of 98.5. You got Fournette touching the ball 24 times. Touched it 24 times, but only rushed for 76. It felt like it was a lot more than that. You got Yeldon with five carries for 25 yards. It felt like it was more than that. It just felt like... The Jags came in and did exactly what they wanted to do against this defense. Yeah, and the key stat you just you just talked about too, no interceptions. Uh they didn't turn the ball over against New England. 
and that gave them a chance. And you also have to tip your hat to the Jaguars' defensive game plan. I tell you what, man, they, they took away Gronk, uh, obviously, very effectively until finally they clocked Gronk and hit him so hard. They he was... literally <laughs> took him out the game. Yeah, they knocked him out, which was uh, which was a good penalty to take for the, uh, for, for the old Jaguars, obviously. Hold on, how do you feel about that hit? I mean, they're all helmet to helmet, defenseless receiver. Gronk is a big man, okay? I'm not sure. I think it was Gibson that hit him. I'm not sure who it was. But in football, there's going to be some helmet to helmet every now and then. It didn't look malicious to me. Well, what's the alternative also, right? Is he supposed to go for his knee? Um, in some ways, that's worse. Obviously, Gronk took the concussion. That's a big deal these days. Not to uh, not to downplay that the importance of that, but what are you supposed to do, right? And the game is obviously played at a high speed in the NFL. I don't know that he's able to adjust his momentum, you know, that quickly and you know think things through. Oh, I don't want to hit him in the head. Obviously, concussions are a big deal, but it is what it is. It's part of the game, you know. It's bang bang. Yeah. Every single play, there's some helmet to helmet contact. What sucks is I feel like they pick and choose when they want to enforce that rule, and I always feel like. The New England Patriots get the benefit of the doubt. Now, I had the privilege to watch this game with um, with a couple, you know, former players, and uh, you know that's what they're saying. Same thing you just said, Scott. What do you expect him to do? I'm an old player. You played. Hit me in the head all day. Save my knees. Save my ankles. I'm still able to go out with my kids and toss a football around today. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. It's tough, you know. I think. Uh... <laughs> I think the NFL is doing what it can to, and, and, and really all levels too. We both coach high school football. Concussions are a big deal with us, obviously, as well. We focus a lot on trying to avoid them, but they're part of the game. They're going to happen. You know, I've been concussed. I'm sure you've been concussed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you move on. It is unfortunate, but but it is what it is. Um, overall, though, man, back to the back to the game plan. Jaguars defensively, what they did really well was they were able to get pressure on Brady. I think that's the key. That's the key to to, uh, to handle Brady. If you can get pressure, especially with your front four, which Jacksonville did pretty effectively, that's the key. You know, you don't want to blitz Brady a ton. Brady actually has the highest passing efficiency of any quarterback in the NFL this year against the blitz. But if you can get pressure with your front four, that's the key. That's what the Giants did in 2008 and 2012, and that's why they won both those Super Bowls. Um, you know, Brady's obviously good against pressure, but if you can get pressure and still keep seven guys back in coverage, that's the that's the answer, obviously. Yeah, I think I think as a defense, you have to make Brady be greater than what he is, right? You have to make him be great. He's great every single week. He's prepared. There's nothing you're gonna throw at him that he's not prepared for. But you have to make him t make those throws, those tight window throws. Um, I think that, like you said. Rush with four. Drop as many guys if you can, as you can. You know, as a matter of fact, rush three, you know, and drop everybody else. The more guys you can put in the secondary, um, the more you'll make Brady work. It doesn't mean you're going to win the game. At least you're making him work. Yeah, certainly if those three can make Brady uncomfortable, that's the key. Uh, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady, man. He is he is impressive uh, in a clutch situation. Boy, it is it is hard to beat him. Jacksonville, though, I tell you what. You know, and again, I'm a I'm a lifelong diehard Seahawks fan. You watch that Jacksonville defense; it's like watching the 2000 and you know 13 Seattle Seahawks. They they play the same basic scheme. They have a swagger to them. Yeah. Uh, they are they are impressive. You know, and I keep hearing that. You know, I'm in the Northwest. I am a, a Seahawks supporter, obviously being Northwest, <laughs> and everyone says. 
oh, they remind me of the whatever team you just mentioned. The, these Seahawks and that, and do they really? Or are the Hawks fans like just holding on to? Yeah, to something, you know, like, oh, we can get there. We're, we can still get there. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and I, I think I, my hope is we still can get there. Obviously, the Seahawks are in a full scale rebuild right now. We'll see how many guys they bring back into next year's team. Not that this needs entirely about the Seahawks, but uh, I tell you what, though. I mean, again, you look at that swagger they had. Those guys, they came out to to play. They were not afraid of the Patriots. Uh, they were going to go toe to toe with these guys the entire game. You know, the Seahawks have gotten a little bit almost, in my opinion, I guess, selfish today. They don't play with the same kind of, I suppose, hunger that Jacksonville had, you know. But Jacksonville, I truly believe to be a champion, you got to have your heart broken, you know. Um, and Jacksonville, I think, is going to be back as long as Bortles, you know, continues to progress. Bortles. So, okay, Jacksonville's going to be back. You. So now, are you a Blake Bortles believer now? No, I didn't. I didn't make that argument. Uh, I think Blake Bortles is serviceable. Obviously, if they run a scheme like they did on Sunday, uh, you know, during the AFC uh, title game, I think they got a chance. I think they game planned really effectively. Again, the RPOs that they ran. You know, I was texting you during the game, man. These are some good, some good schemes. Yeah. I was impressed with the game plan they had. You know, a lot of play action. They played to Blake Bortles' strengths. They didn't make him be. Something special, something you know that he's he's got to win the game by himself, and so if they do that, yeah, they got a chance with that defense and running game. You know that's the formula. They didn't, so they didn't make Blake Bortles do anything outside of himself, right? Play action. They're a running team. You play action. You go up top. Then I I really liked what they did with their fullback. They lined the fullback. They hit you with some old school football. All right, I'm hitting that B gap, hitting that C gap. Then they leak them out to the flats. It was just old school football versus Tom Brady and that new seven on seven type style football we're seeing, where we're passing the ball uh, 50 times a game. Granted, Brady only tossed it 38 times a game, but it feels like every other down he's tossing that ball. And uh, Bortles is a he's an athletic guy. Say what you want about the guy, he might not be the most accurate passer, but there was a, a three week span during the league where he had the highest QB rating in December when everyone was looking at Russell Wilson because he's usually the guy to ball in December. Well, Blake Bortles got it done, but I don't think he'll ever get the respect he deserves, and I don't think that the Jags are ever going to commit to him to being their guy. I think it depends on how he progresses, obviously. You know, this is a new coaching staff they have in New England. They have a chance. We'll see what happens. I think next year is going to be a big year for him. You just said Tom Brady only had 38 passing attempts. Only 38 only, passing only 38. attempts. They had 2.4 yards per rush, the New England Patriots. Now I'm a run game guy. That makes me. That makes my heart hurt a little bit. He's yeah. an old <laughs> Hey, but, you know, again, New England, man, those guys – it's year in and year out, you know. Last 16 Super Bowls, they've been to half of them. You yeah. know, give those Man, guys credit. They won this game and Gronk had one reception. Mm -hmm. One reception and their best offensive threat other than Tom Brady had one reception. Um, if I were to tell you, if I were if I were just the football guys that I'm talking to the Jags and I say, hey, there's going to be a point in this game when you're up 10 points and Gronk Kelsey is going to go out. All right, you tell me that, and I'm a Jag. I tell you, hey, we're headed to the Super Bowl, and we're gonna win that, like Ramsey said after a little uh, whatever the celebration they had. Um, interesting game, man. I think the turning point in the game was a big. It was third and eighteen, and Amendola, I believe, drags across the field, catches the rock, gets up. From there, I felt the energy just deflate 
in the stadium, or excuse me, not in the stadium, on the Jaguars sideline. Yeah, it deflated in my living room too, as I was watching this game. Man, I, uh, you know, I think I think most Americans outside the New England uh, area are are a little tired of seeing this uh, spoiled fan base continue to have success. Uh, it was unfortunate, but again, give those guys credit. And I told you this stat earlier today. You know, Tom Brady has now been in fifteen percent of all Super Bowls in all of history. No, he it's hasn't. crazy. No, he hasn't. He has. It's a true stat. That is a true stat, man. Uh, that's math, my friend. 51 <laughs> Super Bowls. He's been an eight. That is Wazoo. crazy. I went to Wazoo. We don't do math. <laughs> you guys do math. Give me a break. <laughs> it's impressive, though, man. That guy knows how to win. When they when they made that big third and 19, I, I turned to my, my, uh, my son, who I was watching the game with, and I was like, it's over. <laughs> you watch this. These guys are going to roll down here. They're going to break my heart again. They're going to score. We're going to see this fan base again celebrating uh, another another uh, at least trip to uh, the Super Bowl. So it is what it is. You know, Again, hats off to Tom Brady. These guys, they, they, they know how to win. They have a great system. Uh, they believe in it. Uh, they, they do well with what personnel they have year after year. They are the benchmark of the league. What do you think? Greatest franchise of all time? In the NFL? Yeah. NFL, greatest franchise of all time. So the 49ers have five Super Bowls, right? The 49ers have five. That is the, correct. The Steelers have six or the five? The Steelers have, uh, well, they've been, they've been to six and won five. Yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll say five. All right. And then the Patriots have five. The Patriots, uh, we probably should look this up before we. Yeah, that's all right. They got five. <laughs> I think the Patriots have, yeah, the Patriots have. <laughs> Patriots have uh, will have six here. I, I I feel like if all things go the way they're planned, you know, if in w just with those stats alone, you have to consider them as the best. I think in this moment, as we're living, we're living in this time, and we're watching this happen. I think that a lot of people will discredit them and bring up a, a lot of other stuff that we're gonna touch on today. Um, but yeah. And they have to be considered the greatest franchise in the in the NFL, they've NFL history. They've dominated two decades, and no team has done that, right? The Cowboys had the 90s, the, the Niners had the 80s, mm -hmm. the Steelers the 70s, the Packers the 60s. No team, no team has done two decades. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So hats off to the Patriots again. Uh, they get all the credit in the world. Hats off to the Patriots. I don't like you. I respect you. But it is what it is. This is football, baby. This is Michael Bumpers with my boy Scott Darrell. We're going to move on to the next one. Let's get it. Alright, the next topic. We have to touch on the relationship the New England Patriots have with the NFL. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, but I feel like Roger Goodell and everyone involved with the Shield is constantly rooting for the Patriots to do well. And I don't blame them. I guess I don't blame them. It's good for business, right? So, 2015, we have Deflategate. Okay, that's when the balls were a little soft and they were playing against the Colts and this guy intercepts the ball. He gives it to his uh, team manager, equipment manager, whatever you want to call him, and he notices that the balls are deflated. That's just one incident, all right? Don't forget about Spygate. Spygate, okay, 2007. Uh, Bill Belichick has one of his 24-year-old managers or audio assistants, whatever you want to call him, go down to the sideline and film 
signals of their opponents. Okay? Another rule. 2008. All right, Brady gets hurt the first game of the season because a guy on the ground dives at his knees. He's hurt. The following year, there is now a rule saying that if you are on the ground, you do not have the privilege to tackle Tom Brady at his knees. All right? And don't forget about the tuck rule in 2001 against the Raiders. Okay? Brady's throwing. He's in the throwing motion. He's about to let it go. He's about to drop one of his dimes that he drops. Decides to bring it back in. But because he was in the throwing motion, the referees decide to call it an incomplete pass. Therefore, we have the tuck rule today. I don't think any other franchise has had as big of an influence on the game as far as rules than the Patriots have. And I don't know that any other franchise in the game could get away with cheating the way that the Patriots have. All right? So when the Spygate deal went down, Goodell brings Belichick in the room with all the other coaches, all the other owners. Belichick stands up. He says, I misinterpreted a rule. Coach, coach. What rule are you misinterpreting to where you don't think you think it's okay to film an opponent's signals? It doesn't make sense to me. All right. What does Goodell do? He goes to their archives. He has seven years worth of film on opponents. What does Goodell do? He makes Belichick, probably not Belichick, someone in the organization stomp out all the VHSs back then. Yes, kids, VHS is this rectangle thing you put into a, a VCR and it gives you pictures. He makes them stomp out all the evidence. Why does he make him do that? So there are no further charges against him. That's my opinion. I'm going to holler at my boy. You tell me what the hell is going on. Well, as a as a Patriot hater, I, I want to be with you. Uh, but I think your conspiracy theory is a little bit ridiculous. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory for the biggest, the biggest reason. What's the motive? I think Americans uh, are less likely to watch the Super Bowl that New England's in since they're in the Super Bowl every two years. And I think uh, if you're not going to drive ratings up by having them in the game, why would you put them in the game? I think Deflategate... And Spygate are examples of just good coaching. Oh, my gosh. Hey, if you're not cheating, <laughs> you're not trying. And uh, hats off to Belichick. And I will say on Deflategate, Brady was punished pretty harshly. And Spygate, Belichick was punished pretty har uh, pretty harshly. As far as your uh, evidence on the, uh, on the rule change because of Brady's injury in that Bengals game, uh, that's, that's the NFL just protecting, I think, their, their best player. The tuck rule has been revoked. Uh, that no longer is the rule in the NFL, and so the NFL has addressed uh, what was a bad rule. And, you know, I don't think there's a conspiracy. Again, the biggest reason for me is just motive. Why would anybody, anybody, including Goodell, who's a human, and I think all humans who don't live in, again, the New England area, despise New England. I don't okay, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me, okay, tuck rule, NFL said it's a bad rule, yada, yada. Okay, no longer a rule, but why was it an issue? Because the Patriots and Tom Brady were involved. Spygate, Belichick, he's uh, he's fine. I believe it's half a million dollars he's fine. I believe the organization was fine. I think $250,000. But they just swept it under the rug. 
you know, I feel like if it's any other organization, they're the example. They're the poster boy for this. You never do it again. Belichick had seven years worth of info that they destroyed. Why would they destroy it? Well, I, I you're right, and I don't disagree with you in the, in the fact that, uh, you know, Belichick's pushing the the envelope. But I think that's his competitive spirit, and that's a little bit of his mad scientist genius. Give him credit. I think the Patriots have been extraordinarily lucky. I feel like this game on Sunday, people were obviously upset. There was, uh, you know, a, dis- a discrepancy in how many penalties New England had versus Jacksonville. In fact, New England had one penalty. One penalty! Which is not obviously ideal, considering they certainly missed some holds. Furthermore, there were some questionable uh, calls, most notably the pass interference uh, on that deep ball up the uh, up the sideline there. I would I would say that was not a not a pass interference, obviously. I'm biased. I've stated not at all. a few I'm, times. I'm a, I'm a receiver, okay? <laughs> right. And I, that was not a P.I., what happened was, this is what DBs are taught to do. If you have leverage on a, on a receiver and you're on top and he's running a go, you squeeze him to the sideline, you make that window that much smaller, and that's exactly what happened. Also, there was some, there was some hand fighting, some chicken fighting, all right? But that's what happens when the ball's in the air. It, it just feels like these referees want New England to advance. And an example of that is a touchdown was scored. There's a referee, a picture of a referee in the middle of a New England celebration, smiling and shaking hands. It just it just rubs me the wrong way, and it doesn't look good for the league. Absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, I think, to me, the refs had a bad game. Again, I go back to my original point. I, what's the motive for having New England in the Super Bowl every two years? Nobody likes New England. Uh, you know, for me, if New England wins this Super Bowl again, I'm going to be, you know, depressed. Uh, it's going to be a sad, sad month of February for me. Uh, there'll be no love in that month, obviously, and so uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they would push the the uh, the Patriots every year. I think the refs had a bad game. The Patriots have been both lucky and fortunate to uh, benefit from a few things, obviously, over the years. And and I think honestly, Belichick's just a heck of a coach. And I think uh, I think Spygate, Deflategate, all those things. Again, Belichick, well done. But well if, done. If New England is not in this Super Bowl. Right, it's the Jags versus the Eagles. Ratings are down. Ratings go up when New England's in the in the Super Bowl. One because America f- hates Tom Brady and the Patriots. Okay, and two, the East Coast loves them. So we have the Jags versus the Vikings or the Eagles. I think ratings go down. I think the NFL knows that. I don't think Goodell's sitting here like, hey, refs, all right, let's have a meeting. Okay, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that these guys advance. I just think they're caught up in the wow factor. Oh, this is Belichick. You know, this is Tom Brady. After the game, a referee went up to Tom Brady, shook his hand, and wished him luck. It's just unprofessional. I just I just don't get it. And now, I don't think the NFL is conspiring to – to get these guys to the to the Super Bowl, but in this day and age with social media, with the internet, conspiracy theories are going to pop up all day, and when you have a referee smiling and shaking hands with guys, it just doesn't look good for the league. 
Yeah, it, it obviously looks bad, and I hate Tom Brady, but if I were ref in that game, I would have shook his hand, too, because he's Tom Brady. I mean, give me a break. You're Come not, on, You're not guns. around Tom Brady that often, obviously. Yeah, it looked bad on Twitter and, and all over social media when these refs are, are, are smiling and hanging out with the with the Patriots, obviously. I just think for the Super Bowl, it's not necessarily going to matter uh, in terms of ratings, if New England goes, goes to the game, I feel like a true underdog story, both the American people and, again, the entire world. This is a international event, obviously. They're going to, I think, embrace an underdog more so than uh, the Patriots. Rooting for the Patriots is like rooting for Bill Gates to win the lottery. You just, it's, it's, it's a hard one to swallow, obviously. And so I think for me, ratings would have been out, you know, I think better with Jacksonville now. Um, to me, the the refs had a bad game and obviously got caught on camera, uh, you know, basking in awe, uh, you know, uh, at Tom Brady. But I don't think there's a conspiracy. So let me let me ask you this, okay? The Cowboys, right? They are considered America's team by people in Texas. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I have my wife has a cousin in Washington who's from California who is a Cowboys fan. Why I don't I don't get it, but he is. You go anywhere, right? America's team, okay? They've been America's team one because they're the Cowboys. Two, they're in Texas. Three, whatever you want to believe, okay? I think the Patriots are America's team. Why? The Patriots. Yeah, I'll tell you what I think about when I hear Patriots. Mel Gibson waving that flag on top of a hill after they defeated the Redcoats <laughs> and they're doing their thing. I don't think Cowboys are America's team anymore. I think it's, it's now the Patriots that more, oh, they've won Super Bowls. They have the support of the commissioner of the most dominant league in the country it has to be the Patriots right I I 100% disagree with you uh, I think Adele if you look at uh, how he's punished both the Flategate and Spygate which which both brought excessive in uh, a lot of people's opinions uh, penalties I think I don't think he's a Patriots fan at all I think the opposite is actually true you know, again, I think refs had bad games. This was a bad game for them. Um, they always have bad games with the Patriots, though. Yeah, maybe. They always have bad games. I just, again, though, I think they're human, and uh, it is unfortunate, but there's a human element in, 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 in football, and I to me, I just, I, to me, there's no motive. To me, uh, the NFL does not benefit from the Patriots being the Super Bowl, again, every two years. I think this is a league that has, by their rule, uh, by their, you know, by the rules they've, uh, enacted, they they value parity. They value kind of uh, new teams rising up. I disagree. So. Look at all the successful leagues, right? The NBA. If you want the NBA to have great ratings, you need the Lakers, Boston, uh, New York to be in the mix. Yeah, but the for, NBA... hold on, for baseball, you need the Dodgers, you need the Yankees, you need maybe the Indians, the the um, the Cardinals to be in the mix to make them relevant and just to uplift the league itself. I don't think the league is mad that New England is in the Super Bowl right now. Maybe. The, the NBA, though, and, and uh, MLB are different, especially the NBA, because they don't have a single-game elimination championship games, right? The NBA plays a seven-game series to become a champion, and you're going to get the best team winning in a seven-game series. I think it makes football 
fun, what makes the postseason, in my opinion, superior to those leagues is you have a, a, a single game, right? And so in some ways, uh, that lends itself better to having more parity. Uh, again, I, you know, I, I want to believe. I want to be with you. I want to believe there's a conspiracy. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I want to jump on board with you. I just, I just can't. I just can't buy it. Nah, uh, I kind of buy it. I just don't like the Patriots. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm gonna root against them. I'm gonna develop any story we can to go against them. Hey, this is it. We're closing out this topic. We agree to disagree. We don't like the Patriots. He doesn't think the NFL supports them. I think they're all behind them. We're moving on. Let's get it. Alrighty, moving along. Our next topic. We're going to talk about Nick Falls. I'm not sure how I feel about him. I think that... He's had a good run. I know that he's he has had some good years with other teams. Well, honestly, the same team, different year. Um, but I, I'm not sure how I feel about him. So I look at his numbers because that's what you have to do. And I look at his numbers in the playoffs. Okay, Against Minnesota, he's 23 of 30, 246 yards, zero TDs, zero interceptions. Against Minnesota... He's 23, excuse me, 26 of 33, 352 yards, three touchdowns. Big game, okay? His biggest game of the year was against the Giants, 24 of 38, 237 yards, four TDs. He's producing right now, or he has produced. But in my opinion, he's only had two good games out of his five starts this year. Granted, one of his best games of the year has been in the playoffs. Again, I'm not sure what to think about him. I look at him, he's 6'6", 243. He's fairly young. He's 29 years old. He has shown glimpses of greatness. In 2013, he threw 27 touchdowns with two picks, was elected to the Pro Bowl with 119 rating as a quarterback, um, he backed up Vic. Vic was traded or hurt or got arrested, whatever happened with that guy. And he stepped in <laughs> and he did his thing. Um, I'm just not sure. In the playoffs, he, he he has had two games to show his stuff. One game he balled out. The other game he was the game manager. I'm just not sure if I believe in him or not. And worse, worse than that, 2013 when he balled <clears throat> out, I picked him up second, third round in my fantasy draft, and he screwed me the next year. <laughs> so I, I mentioned that in another podcast, but I'm kind of reluctant to believe in this guy, especially um, when he's going up against arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I'm just not sure. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive uh, fantasy football memory there you have. <laughs> uh He's he's definitely uh, a quarterback that if he is your team's quarterback, you're not terribly excited about him. But I tell you what, I think for for me, one of his best assets is his coach, man. Doug Peterson was formerly with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nothing against uh, Alex Smith, but Alex Smith is not necessarily a quarterback that's going to wow you with his arm strength uh, or his raw physical talent. And so I think Doug Peterson's used to creating a very effective game plan for a game manager. And Alex Smith might be the best game manager um, of all time in the league, at least in the league today, <laughs> maybe of all time. 
I don't know, but uh, I think I think he's able to create a game plan that that, that it can utilize what Foles does well. Uh, Foles, I think, uh, is playing good right now. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked it up. Uh, you know, it's hard to almost imagine a backup quarterback winning a Super Bowl. But did you know, Coach? Let him know. He would actually be the seventh quarterback the seventh. in uh, in NFL history to win a Super Bowl as a backup when the starter went down with an injury. Now, a few have lost it, um, but there's been seven quarterbacks. Earl uh, Morrell in, in uh, Super Bowl Five came in, replaced Johnny Yu. We got Jim Plunkett in, uh, in Super Bowl Fifteen. Doug Williams of the Redskins came uh, came out in Super Bowl Twenty Two and replaced Jay Schrader uh, and won that game against the Denver Broncos. Don't forget Jeff Hosteller, the New York Giant, uh, beat the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl Twenty Five, and of course we got Kurt Warner in Super Bowl, uh, Bowl Thirty Four and Tom Brady himself. Don't forget, replaced uh, Drew Bledsoe, Washington State's own Drew Bledsoe in uh, Super Bowl 36. That's how his story began. Uh, Nick Foles has got a chance to write his own story and become that seventh quarterback uh, to win a Super Bowl. I guess my point is crazier things have happened. In 51 Super Bowls, we've had seven quarterbacks as backups with the starter going down who've already done what Nick Foles is trying to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Me neither. Uh, so, I, you know, I guess him winning this Super Bowl is not outside of the realm of reason. If history is our guide, again, his chances aren't terribly bad. His chances aren't bad. But who is he playing against? He's playing against the last guy to do this, though. <laughs> he's, he's playing against America's team. Oh, my God. Not that again. No. America's team. Oh that's who he's playing against. That's the that's one of the main factors in this deal right here. All right? Nick Foles has never been in this situation. I would assume the list of candidates that you just um, listed off, you know, I've been in the same situation. But Nick has never been in this situation. He's uh, in the greatest position in football is the backup quarterback and the kicker who's doing this thing. Everyone loves the backup quarterback when the starter is is not getting it done, and everyone loves the kicker when he can hit a game winning game winning field goal. Uh, so I'm just not sure, you know. I think Kaepernick was one of those guys, right? Yeah, he lost in 2014. Kaepernick. They lost to Baltimore when they turned off the lights on him when he was balling, <laughs> and and that happened. Um, it's funny that Tom Brady is in the same sentence as Foles right now. That's I think that's the only way Tom Brady and Nick Foles are in the same sentence is if you're talking about backward quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. Well, you can't you can't like his chances, right? Um, you know, I. If, if it's a straight, you know, who's going to win this game, pick them. If we're not using the Vegas line or anything like that, obviously the Patriots are the safe bet. Um, but the Eagles have a chance. They have to play well. Here's my prediction. I think, if nothing else, uh, you know, the Patriots uh, and Eagles game, I think, will be a close game. The Patriots, historically, don't blow teams out in the Super Bowl. Every game they've won has been by three or four points. In fact, I believe their biggest victory was four points over the Seahawks. And obviously that game uh, was close, as we'll recall. But they beat uh, the Rams by three points. They beat the uh, Panthers by three points. Um, you know, they beat the Eagles by three points in 2004. They're not going to probably blow this team out, you would think. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think the Vegas line's five and a half points. And so maybe the smart money, with that said, is on a close game. Maybe it's taking. 
taking the Eagles. Okay. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. I'm going to take the Eagles. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady and Gronkowski. I'm going to take the Eagles. That just doesn't feel right. Forget the stats. Forget the history. It just doesn't feel right. Right? I can't. I can't see myself going to my favorite casino in Las Vegas, uh, Treasure Island. <laughs> I don't bet often, so I don't even know if they have like a betting room or whatever you call those places. But I can't see myself walking up to the dealer. The guy who takes my money and saying, hey, I'm taking the Eagles. It, it, it doesn't feel right to me. No, and that's fair enough. You know, I think if you're factoring in the, the Vegas point line, the point spread there, I think the Eagles have a chance only based on the fact that, uh, you know, this is going to be, for me, I think, you know, a defensive game. Uh, the Eagles' defense is their strength. You know, the Eagles, to even have a chance in this game, I think they have to do a good job of, of obviously protecting Foles, you know, and the Eagles have, uh, by, by most accounts, one of the one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in the uh, in the NFL. They also obviously have to run the ball, and they got two quality backs, again, uh, that can do that. They have to pressure Brady with their front four. As we've talked about, that's kind of, a, I think, the key to, to beating uh, Tom Brady. Um, you know, their front four, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, Vinnie Curry, and Derek Barnett combined for 22 sacks this season. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, they are, uh, in their opinion, the most talented pass rushing unit in the season, or uh, on the season. Um, you know, I think if they ha- are going to have success this year, obvi- or in the Super Bowl, uh, they're going to have to obviously uh, pressure Tom Brady. Um, you know, they have a chance. Who wins the game outright? If you're betting against the Patriots, you're just not paying attention, in my opinion. Um, if you're taking the the Vegas spread, though, that's not a terrible bet, you know, considering historically they don't necessarily blow teams out. New England won, I think, by six points last year, actually, but that was an overtime game. It was obviously a very close game. Um, but other than that, again, the biggest win they've had is, is a four-point victory over the Seahawks. That is less than five. And if the Vegas line is five point five, I might go Eagles in Vegas. Though if we're wow. betting, if we're betting just head up, who wins this game? Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, I'm no fool. I'll take Tom Brady every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's just so hard to go against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, right? You have to look at history. History tells you more than likely they're going to win the game. History tells you they can be down however many points. Tom Brady's going to find a way to get it done. History tells you that if you put the hand of the ball in the hands of a quarterback who was inexperienced, who hasn't been in this situation, i.e. Blake Bortles the week before, Blake Bortles had a chance to win the game, and he just didn't get it done. Lack of experience. Um, he's not used to being in that position, and that's the same way I feel about Nick Foles. I just don't think that he's been in this situation enough to handle it. There's going to be a time in this game where it's going to be in his hands. He's going to have to uh, to convert this third down. He's going to have to make a drive to put points on the board, and there's no secret about it. When you go out there as a quarterback, there's no pressure on you. You're up or you're only down to three points or whatnot. The game is different. Your, your thought process is different. The offensive coordinator, his play calling is different. But when it comes down to we need this drive to win the game, we're going to put the ball in Blake Bortles. Uh, excuse me, not Blake Bortles. That's last week. He failed. And Nick Foles' hands, can he get it done? And I'm just not sure. I don't think that he's not physically capable of getting it done. I just don't 
know if he has the experience or the confidence to get it done to look across that sideline and see arguably the greatest quarterback of all time standing there looking at you saying, let's see what you got because if you leave me 30 seconds, I'm going to march the ball down the field and get it done. Let me ask you this then. Do you, in Vegas, with a 5.5 point spread, do you take the the Patriots minus 5.5 points? I always take the Patriots. With the point spread. I always take the Patriots. You, you think the Patriots to. will win by six points or more, really? Okay, stats guy. If you don't know Daryl, he's a numbers guy. I'm, you know, he's, he's going to do his stuff, right? I don't care what the numbers say. Okay. I'm going to take, take America's team, <laughs> the Patriots, every will, single time. But will they win by a touchdown or more? Historically, they just have not done that. No, they haven't. No, they Even haven't. in the playoffs, they haven't done that, really. No. Well, I guess the, the Titans they did, but that's not... The uh, caliber team they're playing on Sunday. They haven't done it. I just feel like Tom Brady is big man on campus, and he's walking through the Minnesota, the tough streets of Minas- downtown Minnesota, and he's walking with a swagger and a confidence that Nick Foles can just not, not match. I think that Nick Foles is just happy to be here, and I think that Tom Brady is saying, I'm adding another ring to my legacy. I just think there's just different mindsets to this thing. I think that Nick Foles could lose this game and be okay. I think that Tom Brady could lose this game and be on suicide watch. Therefore, he's not going to lose this game. I want him to lose this game. I want Nick Foles to ball out and do his thing, man, but there's just not enough consistency. I think he has the tools to be a great quarterback. I think you got to put some guys around him to make that happen. I think I think that you put anyone around Tom Brady and he'll get it done. You know, quick story. When I was a free agent in 2007 was my last college, uh, my last college season. And as a free agent, you have the choice to to go to what camp, right? Teams hit you up. They say, "Hey, we're interested. Come to our camp. Um, let's see if you make the team." I have the choice of choosing out of the Falcons, the Browns, the Hawks. And the Patriots. And the only reason why I chose the Hawks was because they're local and I felt like they knew me as a player and as a person. I went to Washington State. I didn't run a 4 3. I ran a high 4 4, low 4 5. I wasn't the fastest, the quickest. I was really consistent, but I went with the local guys. In hindsight, I felt that if I would have gone to New England, I'd have a 12-year career right now because Tom Brady would have made me better than I could have even imagined. I feel like I was better than Amendola. I feel like I was better than Wes (laughs) Welsberg. I might be biased, but I'm talking about me. But that's just the kind of player Tom Brady is. Who are his starting receivers right now? Most of America will not be able to tell you who they are. Yeah, that's exactly right, and uh, it makes it even more impressive. Again, he's done this without Julian Edelman, uh, who has, who, you know, who again as a Seahawks fan, I'm no fan of, because he <laughs> destroyed us when they played us in the Super Bowl. Edelman's a, a beast. Amendola obviously has uh, has played well this year, as had, as has uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, and I guess it makes that even more impressive. Last week they won without Gronkowski as well. Uh, no, no, no doubt, and I can't argue with you. I think New England's going to win this game too. Um, regardless of who wins, you know, one one sad note: it's going to be, uh, it's going to mean victory for 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 you know, either either one of 
two of America's most annoying fan bases. Uh, the Eagles fans, I'm sure you saw too, were absolutely brutal to Vikings fans Goodness. last week, throwing stuff at them. I was reading in the Minnesota papers, actually, uh, there's, an, there's an effort uh, amongst Vikings fans to uh, try to make the stay for Eagles fans in Minnesota miserable. I read stories about people volunteering to be Uber drivers and driving uh, <laughs> Eagles fans to the wrong destinations. Uh, on purpose, giving them bad service at restaurants and bars. So it could be interesting to see how uh, the the Vikings faithful redeem what was uh, done to them uh, last Sunday uh, or last weekend, I should say, in Philadelphia. So we'll see how that goes. Also, we will see how it goes. Nobody knows. Vegas has their numbers. You talk to us. We have our ideas across the country. Everyone has something to say about this game. The greatest game in the world, the greatest game in America, Tom Brady and America's team. Once again, I'm going to say it, America's team is in the Super Bowl trying to get it done. Philly, city of brotherly love. Let's see what you got for us. Last and final topic, if you follow football in any way, shape, or form, you heard that Vince McMahon is bringing the XFL back to America in 2020. Me, myself, I'm kind of excited about it. I don't know if you know about it, but my favorite player was He Hate Me. I don't know what team he played for. I know he had a chance to play in the NFL. For the Panthers, right? Yeah. Played for the Panthers. Um, it was just exciting. Uh, when I was growing up, The Rock was big, and that kind of got me to the XFL. I believed in everything the XFL was doing. Well, we're just going to talk about it a little bit, just a little segment. Daryl, tell me how you feel about this. Well, it's interesting. You know, Vince McMahon has sold this as a league that's going to be fan-friendly. It's going to be non-controversial in terms of what the player is doing outside of the league. Uh, he's going to make his players stand for the national anthem, stuff like that. I don't know how I feel about it. Ultimately, I think what uh, people will judge this product on is what they produce on the field, and I'm not sure they can compete with the NFL in terms of salaries and getting that kind of talent. I think it'll be interesting to see who they sign. You know, If this is a league that can get players like Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel, you know, I might, I might watch it. I might watch it. We'll see. Um, but honestly, my my assessment of this is it'll be interesting for a few weeks. Then just like the last time the XFL was a thing, uh, by midseason, I'm going to be bored with it. So will you. Apparently, there's going to be eight teams uh, to start things uh, to start things off with. And you know, if if the, if the, if the on the field product's quality, and they can market themselves effectively, fair enough. Uh, I'll give them a chance. But my my prediction is by by week four or five, I'll be doing something different. Now, I don't think there will ever be a league that will legitimately be able to compete with the NFL, but I do think that this is the time to start a new league with social media, with the internet, with the guys who are still young enough to be in the league, who aren't in the league out there. There's more information for the common fan to keep up with their favorite college player who ended up not doing anything. I think that if they can tap into that market and get some of these, like you said, Johnny Menzel's, Tim Tebow, you get Kaepernick in that league, oh, my God. 
All right, the black yeah, what, community. What about the anthem, though. How the you bla- gonna- hey, hey, Cap, stand, baby. <laughs> it is what it is. If you got a chance to play football game, you just do what you got to do. Cap has done a good job of getting his, his message out. I get it, but there are there are a lot of guys who were either in the wrong system or on the wrong team who have talent who just won't get a shot. And I'm biased. I'm a free agent. Two years with the Hawks. Felt like I was in the wrong system. Um, it is what it is. I was behind a couple guys. I think that there were more guys like me now than there were 10 years ago when I had a chance with the Hawks. And I think it'll be fun. You know, will it, will it last? I doubt it. Will it be fun for the time being? Most definitely. I remember the first week of the XFL. Numbers were crazy. If you watch that 30 for 30, right? It was that one game in LA where um, signals went down and they lost a lot of viewers and there was a great game being played. I think that Vince McMahon is a billionaire. I don't think you guys realize this. Vince McMahon is a billionaire, okay? He knows what he's doing. He's going to give this league a, a legitimate shot. I think it'll last a year, maybe two. Then after that, it'll fizzle out unless they get the support of the NFL. Well, I think there's a market. Uh, obviously, there's a backlash in some ways in the NFL. Uh, the players have taken a, uh, you know, at least a controversial stance on social issues, obviously. And there, I know, I know people who were, you know, hardcore season ticket holders who don't go to games this year because they're, they resent, uh, you know, the anthem stuff, honestly. And so I think, you know, there's a market for this. If you do it in the spring, which I've heard they will do, obviously you're not competing directly with the NFL. You got a chance. Um, you know, and it might work for a little bit. Will it hold my interest? I don't know. I don't know. Again, it depends who they bring into the league. There's a lot of unknowns right now, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, like right, we'll see. That's all it is. We'll see. It's got all of our attention, but we shall see. Short and sweet, baby. That's all we got for the XFL. That's all they deserve, really. This is the NFL. This is the Shield. You know, I mean, you go get the Shield, man. Good luck to you, Vince McMahon. Hey, this is Michael Bumpus from my boy Scott Darrow. It was fun, man. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, man. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. We're gonna do it again next week. Holler at me, Michael Bumpus, the five seat with Scott Darrow. You guys have a great weekend.